Hey everybody, welcome to the Ohio Bigfoot Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hartman. And today we're going to discuss wood knocks. And um, did we as humans teach Bigfoot to use wood knocks to alert other Bigfoot to human activity? It's a theory of mine that I've been working on, and I thought I would share it today. In 1364 came an invention that would later reach all the way around the globe. Originally, it was known as the Chinese fire stick. Today, we know it as the modern firearm. It's been used in wars, battles, and for hunting. But it's also something that can very easily and only be associated to humans. Every year, Americans and people in other countries go into the woods and we make a very loud sound with a funny-looking stick, and when that sound is made, generally speaking, an animal dies. Thus, that sound would be associated with danger. But not only would it be associated with danger, it would also be associated with human activity in the woods. Now, this sound can also be associated to other human activity, such as the backfire of a car, the rumble of a motorcycle engine, and every year around July the 4th, almost every city in America makes a whole lot of loud booms and bangs in the middle of the night. Not only as we as humans associated ourselves to this sounds, but other wildlife has as well, to the point that if you're in grizzly bear country and you shoot a gun, almost always the bear knows that some type of elk or deer has just fell, and in some recent scientific studies, they have found that grizzly bears are now running towards the sound of gunfire because they associate that sound with a free and easy meal. Now, generally speaking, hunting takes place in the woods. And where Bigfoot generally lives is in the woods. So when we're in the woods as humans since 1363, been making extremely loud noises, then that noise is associated or could be associated with the presence of humans or human activity. 
and being as Bigfoot has uh, a very well-known habit of trying to avoid humans and human activity, I can't help but wonder if wood knocking or tree knocks is an associated sound as a warning to others that humans are in the area. Because almost always when you hear a wood knock in the trees, not a whole lot happens afterwards. Generally speaking, the animal leaves the area. Now, any of you that have followed me and heard me talk about my past history knows that I was at Salt Fork State Park when I heard a knock on a left hill. And then down to my right was another knock. And then moments later, a pickup truck came over the hill and down the road, almost as a warning that the pickup truck was approaching. At least it was extremely coincidental that there was a knock to the left, a knock to the right, and then a truck came down the road. So I can't help but wonder... Were those knocks a warning to other Bigfoot that humans were, in fact, about to inhabit the area or that there was about to be the presence of human activity? By using tree knocks, they would not have to vocalize and give away themselves with their own sounds. Years ago, growing up, I had the greatest rabbit dog in the world. It was a beagle, fantastic rabbit dog. The problem is that it was only good for one rabbit. Because when you shot that rabbit, then the dog would meet you on the porch of the house. As soon as you made that first kabang with the shotgun and shot that rabbit, that dog was going full bore to the house. Now, the funny thing is that this dog would go rabbit hunting every single time. You could let that dog see that you had the shotgun, didn't care the least. You could put a shell in the gun, didn't care the least. You could pump the shotgun or slap the uh, barrel shut, didn't care the least. But once you pulled the trigger, that dog was gone. So, I, it was my one rabbit rabbit dog. And this dog would go out every single time. And the dumb thing is, you could go out, shoot a rabbit, dog would meet you back at the house. You could wait an hour, go out again, and get another rabbit. It would go back out every single time. But once you shot that first shell and you made that first sound, that dog took off for the house. It was always funny, and I could never get mad at the dog, and I, I took it to trainer after trainer after trainer, and no one could fix this dog from doing that. It's just something you had to deal with, so I learned, uh, which at the time we lived on a farm, so I just always hunted it at the farm, and I'd just make a bunch of little trips about an hour apart from each other. But because of hunting in America, and America was pretty much formed around hunting. Today, it's a billion-dollar industry. But back in the day, we had market hunting. Okay, so now we're going to have to do a little bit of history. 
When we st first started to populate the United States of America, we didn't have uh, enough East Coast open land because it was primarily wooded to support large cities like New York, Washington, D.C., Norfolk, Charleston. So what happened is because in order to be self-sustainable with a vegetation farming, you could spend a year hand chopping, hand axing, hand sawing trees, pulling roots for a little bit of dirt because there was no modern farm equipment. We didn't have commercial farming and people were starving. So there was a time in America where you could go into what would be today your normal butcher shop and you would see things like uh, deer shanks, elk, beaver tail, beaver, muskrat, raccoon, possum, and some animals were prized higher, some were prized lower. There'd be rabbits, ducks. And there was a time in America when nothing was off the table. And when I mean nothing, I mean you could literally sit down to a dinner of trumpeter swan or walk into one of these shops and say, hey, give me a, a beaver tail, a rack of deer ribs, and six bald eagle wings because nothing was off the table. It was called market hunting. The bald eagle was not yet the national bird. People ate pretty much every bird that flew. Crows, pheasants, turkeys, sparrows, pigeons, otherwise known as squab, uh, you name it, we ate it. Egrets, herring, um, any bird, any bird at all and pretty much just about any animal. And this would all be found in your local butcher shop because of hunters. Daniel Boone was a market hunter, and a very well-known one. And deer hides, elk hides, buffalo hides were actually used for book bindings. They were also used for clothing. And then by boiling the bones and the hooves, you would get gelatin, and that's where you got your head cheese and all that good stuff from. But none of this would have happened had it not been for the modern firearm of that era, a.k.a. the musket. A big noisy stick that made a big boom in the woods and then an animal died. And the woods was alerted to the presence of human activity. So with that being said, did Bigfoot always would knock? Was that something that they have always, always done? Or did we as humans train Bigfoot to make those sounds as a warning system to other Bigfoot of the presence of humans or human activity? Unfortunately, this question will never truly be fully answered, but Bigfoot, as far as I know, is one of the few primates 
that do wood knocking. And wood knocking just sounds like a gunshot. If you're, it, it can, it's just a big bang in the wood, a quick, sudden bang in the woods. And generally, you don't get a whole bunch of knocks in a row. Occasionally, you do, but not often. And sometimes you can knock, you'll get a return knock, you'll do a knock. But generally speaking, shortly after, within a series of two or three knocks, that animal leaves the area. So, is wood knocking like a warning and then the animal itself leaves as it retreats away from the human presence or the human activity? And if so, does that mean that wood knocking is actually a good practice to do in the woods or are you actually scaring away the very thing you're looking for by warning it that you're there? So there's some food for thought for you. Is uh is wood knocking a learned behavior by Bigfoot given to Bigfoot from us humans as a way to warn other Bigfoot of humans, human activity, human presence? This is something that has long puzzled me for many, many, many years. And I've decided I'm finally going to test this theory in a certain way without the use of a firearm, but in a different manner that I'm not going to speak about until I do it. And actually, by the time this podcast is made available to you, the listeners, I will have already done it, and I will have some results for you, I hope, because that should give me about four weeks to test this theory out in the manner that I'm going to test it and see if it does, in fact, reciprocate a return knock. And if it does, I will let you all know. So this is just a short podcast for you guys. Just something about a, you know, just a theory that's been questioning in my mind for quite some time. And I hope I gave you something to think about today. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to post a question. And if you all go to Spotify, you'll be able to answer those questions. Now, this is not a plug to download Spotify. You can, but that's where my questions to this podcast post at. Unfortunately, it doesn't go out through all of the platforms, but after this podcast is published, I will put the question on a page on the website to collect answers, and then I'll do a podcast about or with those answers where we get into the full discussion of it. So this is a short episode. Thanks, everyone, for joining along. I appreciate you very much. Um, I would also, you don't have to, uh, but if you hit that like button, you know, I, I would appreciate it. So holler at y'all later and uh, get out there in the woods and get to looking for those Bigfoot and finding them and collecting that evidence and enjoying the time in nature and enjoy the time with friends and family. 
Again, you can find me at OhioBigfootProject.com. I'm on Instagram, Ohio Bigfoot, YouTube channel, Ohio Bigfoot, TikTok, Ohio Bigfoot, and Facebook, where you can follow my page. This has been a production of OhioBigfootProject.com, the Ohio Bigfoot podcast. I was your host, Mike Hartman, and thank you for listening.